On today's OTP Road to Nashville, head coach Mike Vrabel visits the studio for an update. With one year under his belt as the Titans head coach, he welcomes his second team for the offseason program on Monday. He readies for the NFL draft in just 13 days and returns a staff largely intact with one notable exception on his leadership team. Mike Vrabel, our special guest on the April 12th OTP Road to Nashville. It's 13 days until players are drafted in Nashville. Welcome to the OTP Road to Nashville. Mike Keith and Amy Wells. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good. How Let's are you? Let's get right to our special guest. Yes, please. Mike Vrabel wow, is here. real special. How are you <laughs> the guys? The head coach. We're great. This is cool. Yeah. This has been so much fun because people are so pumped about this draft, and we've had a variety of guests. Charlie Daniels is coming in next week. Heck yeah. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about, you know, sort of the, the music culture with this draft, and, you know, he's somebody who's been here a long time and knows what having the draft is going to mean to this community. I want to ask you, if, if you weren't an NFL head coach, if you were doing some other job and didn't necessarily what have What do you the, think I'd be doing? I get to ask the first question. <laughs> I think you'd be in sales. Okay. I was going to say a pharmacist. I don't really know why. Boy, pharmacy's tough for the people who go to pharmacy school. It takes a lot of years to get to Ohio He's... State. I don't think I could do a pharmacy school. It'd take <laughs> me 15 years. Yeah, that's tough. I'd be I think ready you'd to be retire. in sales. My, my question was going to be, though, how much would you get down into downtown Nashville, Nissan Stadium with the draft thing. I mean, it feels like you're enough of a, of a fan of the game and sure. appreciate it yeah, I, that you, know, you take the boys the, I, and Jen and you'd yeah, be right. I think Jen's planning on having uh, a friend come in. I think her brother's coming in. I think um, a friend of mine from high school is coming in. And I think that they're going to do pretty much whatever it is that they're going to do uh, around the draft. I know that they're excited about it. They're going to spend a couple days together. Uh, Carter's got prom on Saturday downtown. I'm not really sure how that's going to work out. I can only imagine how they're going to try to get there. Um, I'm not going to worry about it, but, you know, that's something that was planned. And so they're going to give it a go. And he's got prom on Saturday. So it's a pretty cool prom. I mean, with all the draft stuff happening around there. Probably they'll slip out and and probably take advantage of whatever's going on outside. I would think that would be outstanding. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so we've compiled questions. I've seen. From mm-hmm. Titans fans, and Amy is going to pose these questions, and we'll probably follow up a little bit. If you if you mm-hmm. don't mind, we just want to jump in because we know your time is There's limited. good questions. Yep, Go. so this first one is from the Titans fan club in the United Kingdom, and they wanted to know, um, other than the actual result of the game, no kidding. was there anything that you would have done differently during that trip to London I, last year? I don't year? think so. I, I can't tell you how much... Um, up until the last, you know, few plays, how much we enjoyed that trip. I thought it was well planned. I thought everybody on our end, Brent Akers and his staff, did a phenomenal job of allowing us to travel, to get in, the hotel accommodations. Everybody was, was so accommodating to our schedule, what we needed, set up a weight room. We practiced in front of a castle. We got our work done. Our players got to see, you know, an international city. I uh, was able to, to spend time with Jen and Carter. They came over. Um, our fans were there. They seemed every, every fan seemed excited, whether they were a Titans fan or a Chargers fan. They were an NFL fan. Uh, 
And so I, I wouldn't do anything differently uh, when they ask us to go over again. How valuable was the London experience to you as a first-year head coach in terms of planning, et cetera, that goes with it? You know, we're always, at least I am, always concerned about the schedule. What does that schedule look like for the players? That's, that's the most important thing that we do is, is how do we handle the schedule and the players' time and, and how do we make it as efficient as we possibly can. We don't want to waste their time, but uh, looking at meeting time and scheduling and travel and how these guys are going to come off the plane and what are they going to feel like. And, and I thought that they they went down, they, they got on the plane, they slept guys up. We went for a walk when we got there and, and then got into our normal Friday routine. We got another social question. This one's from Twitter. What is the biggest or the most significant change that will be made from year one to year two in terms of off-season practice, OTAs, training camp, that kind of thing? We all know each other a little better. So I think the introductions and the getting to know each other and the honeymoon and the day, you know, we don't, we're not dating anymore. Our players, I, I would hope and imagine and I believe, uh, trust us as a staff uh, that we're going to that the things that we're doing and that we're trying to teach them are in their best interest to help themselves personally and help the team collectively. And so I think we're, we're past that. We're, we're past the kind of feeling out process. And we can get right into, <clears throat> you know, how do we get better? How do, how do we get to that next level? How do we clean up the details of our plays? How do we make what we have and, and better? You know, we, we have the majority of our team is on our roster right now. We'll add a few more additions uh, in the draft, but the majority of our team, the the large majority, is on going to be here Monday, and these are the guys that we're going to have to win with. Jim Wyatt wrote at TitansOnline.com this week about you having the possibility of joint practices with the New England Patriots, and now that you know they are your Week Two opponent at Nissan Stadium, uh, is is that is that happening? Do we know yet? Sure, we are going to practice against the Patriots, and they're going to come down here, and it'll be great for our fans to come out here and see. Um, a lot of great players, um, the, the the team that won the Super Bowl last year, and they'll be able to watch those practices and, and see us work and how we compete against each other and try to improve. You have a new strength coach in Frank Perino. When the players report on Monday, what is the biggest difference that they're going to notice in the strength and conditioning program? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know that there's going to be a huge difference. I've always talked to to the strength coaches that – you know, as long as the weights are going up and down and one foot's going in front of the other, I think they're working. And I think that, um, you know, when you evaluate um, your staff in all different areas, I think you're just trying to get the right pieces in here. And, you know, I felt like the guys that we had last year, they, you know, in the situation that they had, they did a great job. Um, I just was looking to make a change in there and, and, and kind of excited to bring in Frank from, from where he was at, at Boston College. And, you know, bringing a little bit uh, a younger guy that that I've had a little bit more experience with. Why is he specifically the right choice for the Tennessee Titans at this moment? Well, like I said, I think he's used to the, the league's getting younger. You know, this is a younger league. Uh, the players are younger. Um, you know, the difference between you know Tyler and some of these rookies is just a few years, and maybe a freshman in college and. Now, three years later, somebody comes out, and, and they're all 22, 23, 24. And you know, I think having the ability to be flexible and to adapt with, with the age of the player I think is critical. I also think that you know, being able to understand where the, the veteran player is and where he is at his career 
and how we maintain maybe where he is. You know, he may not get any stronger or any faster. Or we have a group of players that we feel like can develop and get stronger and get faster or quicker or whatever they may, to, may need to do. I have another social question. Keep this, going, Amy. This one's from Micah. <laughs> he said, I love, in all capital letters so you know it's real, the signing of Cameron Wake. What are some of the things that you hope Wake can help Harold Landry improve on? Also, two-parter, with our new offensive coordinator and how stacked our tight end core is, what are the chances that we could see some 22 formations? Okay. Well, 22 would require, you know, a fullback. You know, you talk about 13. We, let, let's go back to, to Cameron Wake. Uh, Terrell Williams, our defensive line coach, does a great job with our guys. He had coached Cameron in, in Miami. When I approached him with the idea, he said, I'll just tell you he's a better person than he is a player. Felt like he uh, still did a lot of really good things on tape. Uh, enjoyed evaluating him through the process, and when I heard that, you know, I asked John to to take a look and see if this is something that we thought could fit, and uh, John got excited about it. And also, it's got to work both ways. I think Cam was excited to try to come and and join our team and be a part of uh, our organization. So we'll see what that looks like. And and again, just you know, he's not going to make anything up. He's going to continue what he does. He's going to train. He's going to prepare. Uh, he's going to play. He's going to be a you know a disruptive player, and, and hopefully that Harold and, and, and Sharif and everybody that we have in that room you know, can learn from a veteran player that's done it a long time, has taken care of his body, and, and affected the the games defensively like he has. Since we're talking free agents, let's hit on the other two main ones that you signed, starting with wide receiver Adam Humphreys, who you signed from Tampa. If you would just give a quick thumbnail on your thoughts about why they fit the Tennessee Titans. Well, again, John had these. Uh, John had Adam in um, Tampa, and I think that when uh, free agency gets a little tricky, I think you you look at it and you have to have some some intimate knowledge of the player and and who he is as a person and and who he is as a player and and what he can do for you and those things all fit. You know, John had, had the opportunity to watch him work and prepare and practice and ultimately play and perform uh, well. Uh, we think that this is. Uh, you know, still, still a ascending player at his position. This is not a veteran player. This is a, say, young player that's going to continue to to get better. And I think that uh, he's going to play his best football. You know, hopefully for us here in the next couple of years. And then the other one, offensive lineman Roger Saffold, who you bring over from the Rams. Yeah, veteran player and a veteran player who's who's been durable. Uh, was started in this league since he was drafted. Uh, we feel like there's some versatility there. He was drafted as a tackle and. He's primarily played guard, but I think that there is some versatility uh, to what he does, what he does in his game. He's played at a high level, and and again, he he is probably um, not an ascending player. I don't know how much you know better he can make himself, or how much physically better he can make himself. But uh, we think that he's going to be able to play at a high level and the level that he's put on tape for the last couple of years. And again, you know, Matt was with him, and you know, Matt had talked about him at length uh, before he. You know, went to uh, Green Bay. A lot of questions about how your life has kind of changed from year one to year two. Jamal would like to know, compared to last year, what is the biggest change that you've made to either your daily schedule or your habits or the way you structure your day to be more productive? And along that same vein, Erica wants to know, what's the biggest difference from year one to year two of being a head coach? I don't think I've changed much. I think it's probably I just understand and I I know what's coming up. I know what's coming around uh, the bend, you know, per se, as far as 
being prepared for the draft and, and going through those meetings with John and, and formulating our opinions on players and where they fit for us and how we see them and the vision that they can, you know, hopefully uh, ascend to an organization. So I think I'm just ready for things. I'm um, probably just better prepared for what's going to happen on Monday when the players come back in. I don't know if I'll be as nervous uh, as I was last year, but I'll be more excited um, than I was last year because it's it's the next year and we have a lot to be excited about with our with our team and our organization uh, moving forward in the second year of the program. And then Erica asked... The difference between year one and year two. Um, you know, there'll be some small wrinkles that, that maybe we change and we tinker with the schedule. Um, but, but we're all starting back over again. You know, we're, we're starting back over. We're building a foundation and we're trying to w- find ways to, to be better, um, than we were last year, be more consistent, be more creative and find ways to, to go from a, a good team, which is really what we were for the last three years. That's what our record says we were. That's nine and seven is a good year, but you know, we got to find a way to have a great year. You analyze everything. So I wonder, for, for people who analyze and who take everything in, sometimes there's a tendency to second guess. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you find that balance between doing proper analysis and not second guessing yourself? Well, I don't think that um, I'm somebody that second guesses by nature. I think you have to be decisive. I think you have to be calculated and um, try to make the best decision for the team at every moment uh, for, for the individual player. And that's what John and I try to do while we're here. And then once you make a decision, you know, you go with it. And, and then, you, you know, there's a lot of times where you're going to have to you know, fix things and you're going to have to come up with a, you know, a plan B. And you're going to have to realize, like, okay, that's not working. And you're going to have to cut your losses and, and, and try to do something different. Quick staffing question. Did you have to convince Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator, not to retire? No. No, Dean, Dean wanted to be here unequivocally. Uh, this team uh, means something to him. Uh, it's important to him, to his wife. Uh, we, it was important to us, me, and the staff and the team that we, we, we keep him. But, uh, you know, D, Dean wanted to be here uh, without a doubt. I told him to, to take some time and think about it. Just, you know, there was no rush to get back here, uh, relax take take care of whatever he needed to take care of and and he was more than happy to to let me know uh, early on in that process that he wanted to be here flip to your other coordinator arthur smith where can this offense improve the most under his direction in 2019 you know i think it's the consistency the the the, the daily and the weekly consistency of of having this in our back pocket that we went through this and hopefully that on monday when we start talking um through our program and our system and the verbiage, those players are going to get to hear that for the second time. And that hasn't been the case uh, too many times here, just with turnover and change. We understand that change is a part of this league. And I think that our guys are going to really, I hope, grow in the details and the nuances of our offense, our defense, and our special teams that is going to allow them to improve. It's hard to develop and get better at something when you're trying to learn it if you have some 
knowledge of what you're doing, you have the ability to understand the details, learn the details, improve on the details, and then hence improve physically. Along those same lines, I was just in Hawaii with Marcus Mariota. I try to drop it in every you conversation. Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't need me to come out and chaperone that trip or well, no? You know, I mean, you could have if you wanted to. You were at owners' meetings. You had head coach duties. I would have loved to come hang out in Hawaii. (laughs) Well, next time you're invited. Uh, But Marcus really did. He seemed refreshed. He seemed rejuvenated and ready to come back to work. Well, that's what happens when you spend three months (laughs) in Hawaii. Yeah, it's pretty nice, right? But is that consistency that you just alluded to kind of the main key to his success going forward? Well, we're going to have to put a consistent product around him. But I think that... um, you know, we, we can be as consistent as coming in every day and being the same person, having the same attitude. Like, you, if you're if you've got an outgoing personality, then then be that guy every day. And if you like to have a good time, then you're a little looser. Then then do that every day. And if you're a guy that's pretty reserved and keep you know that that's who you have to be. That's your personality. So it starts there, having a consistent daily approach and how you walk into a meeting, how you walk down the hallway in the morning, and then I think those things lead uh, to the football field that will hopefully um, help us this year when we start playing games in September. When you start playing games in September, you want Derrick Henry to be the guy he was over the last month of the season. Sure, I'm not alone probably. Well, yes, you're not alone. People who pick him in fantasy certainly will as well. (laughs) But, But the question specifically is, how does he do that? How does he take that last month, which was so successful, build on it what are the keys to that well, I think there's a confidence level that um, that happens in this game at any position running back linebacker you know if you're a linebacker let's say that you know you'd been missing some tackles and and, and you were struggling with with leaving your feet and, and diving and missing tackles and then all of a sudden you start to realize that hey I need to stay on my feet and I work with my coach and I work with my other players in my position and I improve and then I go out in the game and I do that and I, I have those same opportunities and I'm making those plays and then you build your confidence and saying yeah I, I got this now and so I think that that's something that is going to be huge is the confidence level that that he can run uh, the football against anybody he can he can do those things week in and week out and he's going to prepare you know I know just like he did last year and and I'm excited to see him you know, back in the building. We know that every year is different, and we know that every team is different, but with there being some continuity when it comes to players and staff and basic ideologies, do you think that that can lead to a positive carryover from 2018? You know, I hope so. You know, I hope so. I hope that we can, um, you know, take the things that we did well and continue and enhance those things and the things that we didn't do well uh, we're going to have to fix them, and that's that's what this time right now is for, is, is trying to fix the problems and, and enhancing the stuff that we did well and then fixing the things that we didn't do well. Mike, I have more social media questions. Go. All right, it's on. Justin would like to know, how involved in the draft decision process is the rest of the coaching staff beyond just you? Do they have any say in the guys who may or may not be joining their position groups? So I hear general managers and especially John, I don't think anybody wants to draft someone to our team that our coaches, you know, may not <clears throat> like from a personality standpoint, from a character standpoint. Um, our coaches, um, it's a very inclusive pro- uh, process. You know, with John, I appreciate that. I know our coaches do. 
Um, they look at a lot of players. They, they give them players to look at, they give them players to interview. They give them players to go and work out and go visit. And so we're going through those right now. And we sit down, we sit down with the coaches, the position coaches, myself, John, a few guys on his staff. And our coaches go through and they, they talk about the player. They, they rank the player. And then it's on um, John and I and ultimately John to to come up with those guys and, and kind of, you know, where we don't see them the same, maybe we do see them the same, maybe we see them a little differently, is to try to um, bridge that gap. And we all have to see it through the same set of eyes. And I think that's another thing we're going to talk to our players about. And I've been doing a lot of thinking is that the things that coaches say and teach, the player has to hear and understand it the same way. We can't have the disconnect between, well, I thought you meant or I understood it this way. We have the things that we say, they have to hear and understand the same way. Is your pre-draft role any different in year two? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe um, – not having to put together have to ask, a staff you'd have to or ask. no no it's the same no it's the same I, I mean I don't know if John uh, values my opinion any more or any less I know we talk about the players um, you know pretty much every day at this point in time and we're looking and seeing who can do what uh, where what we like about the guys what we don't and uh, you know I don't think it's any different. Here's a social question. Keep checking them off, Aim. I know. I'm trying to get through. We got a lot of social questions. Gabe would like to know, who are some Titans players that have really shown potential to make a big step forward and have a breakout year in year two? Oh, I'm, I'm going to stay away from predictions and all that stuff here in April. Um, there's a lot of guys that um, we're, we're excited to get back that we feel like are in that developmental, maybe in that developmental stage last year, whether that be uh, – Aaron Stinney in his second year, um, you know Matt Dickerson in his second year, you know, Dane Crookshank, Harold Landry, you know Finch, all those guys that we've worked with last year that you know are making this next jump. That some of them got more experience than another player um, at their position, but you know you can really see sometimes a career take off from from year one to year two. You know, these guys spend a lot of time training. They put a lot into it. Or, unfortunately, sometimes in some cases, some guys don't do a whole lot, and they get passed by. And then we circle back and you know, look to, to find somebody that, that can replace them. And so those are just young guys that, you know, in some form or fashion played for us a little bit. You know, Anthony Ferkser, like how is he going to come back and – What's it going to look like from from his first time having some experience out there playing, making some catches for us, helping us? Where does he go? You know, how how do we get these guys from doing what they did for us in year one to doing some more and do some better things for us in year two? Can Corey Davis make as big a jump to year three as he did in year two? I think he can. I think that um, we've talked ad nauseum about young receivers and and the – transition uh to to this nfl game and to the multiple coverages and the 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 late rotation the the disguise i think just having another year uh, in a similar system is gonna you know it would be Corey's performance is no different than our team's performance where 
We just have to be more consistent. You know, and I know that he is a is a, is a ultimate hard worker. Um, it, it's important to him. I've said this before: our best blocking wide receiver, and that rarely happens when your number one receiver is your best blocking wide receiver. Josh on Twitter would like to know, we've seen this team go through swings of intensity from game to game throughout the season. Is this just kind of the way it is with athletes, kind of the nature of sports? Or what can you do to avoid having a down performance? I think that that's what we're striving for. I think that that's the consistency uh, that we've we've mentioned. I mean, everybody can turn on a an NBA game or turn on a baseball game and you know the records I would say that in professional sports mean next to nothing I think that that's something that you have to look at and say records don't mean anything it's it's how the players play it's how the coaches prepare them to play Uh, and and if you don't play um, at a winning level or you don't play very well you're going to lose and that's very clear and if you go out there and you don't play well you're, you're supposed to lose in the National Football League or professional sports. All right, two more, Amy. Two more. Ooh, All that right. was stern. Yeah, I know. Well, he no, gets we're, bossy we're towards Uncle the end Mike's of the show. Uncle getting bossy. We're he must be your, getting hungry. We're watching your time. <laughs> it's lunchtime. He's done. All right, Derek would like to know, what would you say are your top three most career-defining moments, both as a player and as a coach? I don't know. I mean, we won Super Bowl. I was an average player on a great team. We won a couple Super Bowls. Um, you know, I think always getting your first victory, you know, you wonder how long it's going to take you to win a win a game as a head coach. Um, you know, and probably, you know, beating the Patriots last year uh, was something that as a, as a head coach, considering the, the time that I spent there, you know, but hopefully there's better moments uh, – this year not being the big 10 defensive player of the year twice <laughs> all pro nah, nah. Hmm. i'm okay with all that sorry mike nice try though appreciate eh. it <laughs> close but right. no final social question what characteristics or attributes do you look for in young men when you're projecting fits for your team's culture so it, it's got to be these guys have to care about the team they i think that they have to be talented and we all understand that there has to be a level of talent uh, for their position that has to be a part of what they do. But these guys that are selfless, that care about the team, that have some energy, they, they what are they when it, when it gets tough? Because so many players that come out, they're the best player. How do they handle not being the best player on the team anymore? How do they handle getting punched back? How do they handle this street fight? that they're going to be in on a weekly basis in our league how, how can they do that and we don't want any front runners we don't want any guys that are entitled we want to try to eliminate and remove entitlement from our program so what kind of teammate are they do they care about the team and are they willing to are they coachable and, and what level of development is still left in their game is there this is their ceiling and we know that that's they're not going to get any better or is this a player we feel like can develop into you know, a, a contributor or a starter. You're walking in when you when you're drafted. You're walking into a grown man league. It, it I, is. I mean, is that, when you walked into Pittsburgh, was that the thing that was most striking? Yeah, like this isn't Purdue. This right. isn't. No yeah. offense to mm-hmm. Purdue or sure. Illinois. I mean, these guys. You know, but this is. You know, the the 
the Greg Lloyd played my position. I was scared to death of him. He didn't talk to me for four months, and I, you know, I didn't know what to do. I finally got into a fight in training camp with a tight end. And Greg Lloyd came over, and he looked at me, and he said, yeah, next time, in this deep voice. He said, yeah, next time you get him. He, hit him, <laughs> hit him. he said, you hit him in the throat with, with you. you know, and I was like, oh. I was like if, if I knew that this is all I had to do for you to talk to me, I would have gotten a fight in April because <laughs> I've been scared to death of you for four months. He's a scary guy. Yeah, he uh-huh. wanted to make sure that I was you know, worthy of being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Apparently, I had to get in a fight with somebody. I was like. I would have fought somebody in April if that's all. You know, I was scared to death of you for four months. <laughs> Never talked to me. By the way, we want to remind people we're doing some special things for Titan season ticket members. Yes. Mm-hmm. Starting on come Monday. Come one, come all. Starting on Monday, uh, we're going to Jackson, Tennessee to see Titan season ticket members there. You are involved in one, and we want to make sure that if you are a season ticket member and you have not specified which event you'd like to go to, Mike Vrabel will be with us on the General Jackson, which will be docked right by Nissan Stadium. We're doing a live broadcast. Is that one of those riverboat casinos? It's not a casino. But it is a riverboat. But... If and you, there will be. If you want a card game, we can well, I didn't get know you if that one. That was yeah. legal. Like sometimes they no. put them on the water, and you can. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in Tennessee. Jenny Jackson. That's so not, not showboat. Not here. So the General Jackson is parked at Opryland, but it is coming down the Cumberland River. It will be docked the East Bank Landing by the Bridge Building, which is right by Nissan Stadium. John Robinson and Mike Vrabel will be there the night before the draft. We'll be doing a Titans radio special on our entire network, six to seven. That's Wednesday, April the twenty fourth. Some of the events are already filled up. Right. This one has limited spots left for the season ticket members Wednesday, April the 24th. Reach out to your ticket rep or buy season tickets and you can jump in. If you buy season tickets oh, right yeah. now, You're today, in. you can you go, can to, go this to this thing. You can go to this. Yeah. Or, yeah, there's you no know. wait list. Like, if you get tickets, you're automatically. Yeah. We'll no, put them in the front in. row. You can so, go. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Do a See, meet and greet go. with Mike Keith. They no, we'll do a autograph. meet and greet with Mike Vrabel. If you're a new season ticket member, we will make sure you meet Mike Vrabel. Done. Mm-hmm. Done. That yeah. may scare him off. No, that won't nah. scare him off. Guys, love thank it. you. People are pumped. So am I. Yeah. People get the are players pumped. back here. Okay. Coaching stinks without players, just so you guys know. Yeah. I can Coaching that. stinks without players. Mm. You guys have been working hard. Monday's going to be fun, though. Yeah. All right, don't leave because we have to hit the closing music, okay? So gotcha. See, the closing music... I told you, he gets very bossy. No, I'm not getting bossy. We're just finishing the program. Mm-hmm. We're finishing another week here, and we're very excited. Thank you for doing Appreciate this. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you. We are just pumped. 13 days until players are drafted in Nashville. For Coach Mike Vrabel and Amy Wells, Mike Keith says, thanks for joining us for the OTP Road to Nashville. Have a great weekend, everybody.